You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, I want to speak today on moving at the next level. I wonder if we can say that together. Moving at the next level. I think you might think it ought to be moving to the next level, but no, it's moving at the next level. I understand there's a process in life of getting to the next level, but also we have to learn to navigate when we arrive at next level or when we position ourselves to be at another level. We have to learn to move at a new place. I don't know about you, but my, my life has been uh, just a series of growth steps, naturally and spiritually. I became a Christian when I was 17. I remember sitting on the, the back row of a church, uh, and uh, my journey was from the back row to the pulpit, and every step of the way, every row that I moved forward, not that it's all about that, you know, you guys on the second row, you're up next Sunday, no, it's... Uh, it's <laughs> You know, it's not about, but my journey was a journey of growth steps. And I don't know about you, but you know, my life has been about attending to my own growth. You know, when, when I was born, I didn't have the level of maturity that I have today. And it didn't just come with the passing of time. You know, if you don't attend to your own growth, then what happens, because you think when you're young, that just with the passage of time, you're going to become amazing. You're going to become brilliant. You're going to do something to change the world. And when you get a little bit older, you realize that actually you remain the same other than with a few more gray hairs or less hairs or wrinkles unless you attend to your own growth. If you're over the age of 30, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you're the under age of 20, you won't believe me. But trust me, your day will come where you remember what I said is true. Who, who over the age of 30 would know what I'm talking about? You, you, don't, you don't just change and become the person you want to be or, or the person, more importantly, if I can say it like this, that God wants you to become by the passing of time. The years go by quicker and quicker and quicker and you find yourself saying things you heard your parents say that you vowed you never would. And history begins to repeat itself unless you attend to the growth of your own life. But every level requires you to function uh, in that place before you can move to another level. And sometimes it's about internal growth. Sometimes uh, more responsibility can be bestowed upon us. And we have to learn to function in a different place. And I'm speaking on this today because I sense, I also know, but, but I perceive beyond the people I've talked to, but I know a number of people and I perceive there are many more who are in a season of next level, who are in a season right now where either God has positioned you or or even in the workplace you've been promoted or your business has moved or expanded or you're just having to assume more responsibility and you find yourselves in a place of stretch or you've made a decision internally that you don't want to stay the same and this year is about stepping up. And something new needs to take place. You'll find yourself in a next level season. Just raise your hand if you can identify with that and say, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm in next level. And I believe that this word is going to speak to many of you. And those who maybe aren't raising a hand right now, I hope these principles uh, will help you and inspire you, not just to let life happen to you, but to int- attend to what God wants from you. 
The start of the year, we looked at Joshua chapter 1 and how God spoke to Joshua where Moses had died. And he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you have got a new season. And God spoke to him. And we looked at how God called him to step up into a new level of responsibility, step out in a new level of faith and step into a new place of, in, of dependency and intimacy. Last week, uh, Lisa Boyle, speaking out of Isaiah 54, enlarge the place of your tent, spoke about growing on purpose. And she said in that place, you know, all of us have a desire to be all that we can be. Well, I hope that is true for you. I hope that you do have a desire to be all that you can be. If you've got a Bible, why don't you turn with me to the Old Testament, the book of 2 Samuel and chapter 5. And we are going to read about David at a key next level stage of his life. We're going to read about the story when David is anointed as king over the whole nation. Now, who knows that to be president or king over, that's a big deal. That's a big level of responsibility. But it didn't just happen overnight. David had, had moved at subsequent next levels. He had learned to move at every next level. And then there came a point where he's anointed king over the nation. We're going to look at what happens when he has to learn to move at another level to what he's functioned at before. To give you the backstory. If you don't know the scriptures, David uh, was, uh, was born in the nation of Israel. And at that time, there was a king called Saul. But Saul uh, turned away from, from the Lord, not really intentionally, but, but that sense of just was um, careless about the things of God uh, time and time again to the point where God said to the prophet, I have rejected him now as king. But I want you to fill your ram's horn with oil and go to the house of Jesse of Bethlehem because I've found a man after my own heart. Now the man that he'd found after his own heart was actually a teenager. A 15-year-old, most commentators would say, although there's not the certainty in Scripture of his exact age. But David is 15 years old, we understand, and he's serving his father out in the field. He's tending to the sheep. Now Bethlehem, is, it's not the capital of the nation, it's a slightly out of the way place, but God speaks to the prophet of the nation and says, fill your horn with oil, be on your way, go to Jesse of Bethlehem because I found a man after my own heart, I want you to anoint him with oil. And he says this, to be king over Israel, to be king over the nation. And what happens is, many of you will know the story, is Samuel does what the Lord has told him to do. The elders of Bethlehem see the man of God arriving. They're terrified. He says, it's all good. I want to go and worship with Jesse in his household. And he gets there and, and he says to Jesse, I, I, I want your sons to come in front of me. And the first son comes out and he's tall and he's impressive looking and he's the firstborn. His name's Eliab and, and, Jess, and Samuel, sorry, he's there, he's ready. He's thinking, this has got to be the one, this has got to be king. Uh, and, and the Lord says, no, it's not the one. He says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And the next son comes and the next son comes and the next son And all the sons that are present pass before Samuel and the Lord says, no. Now Samuel's in a predicament here because God said, go to Jesse of Bethlehem, anoint one of his sons to be king. They're all there, but he said no. So Samuel then says to Jesse, have you got any others? He said, yeah, there's the little one, the youngest one. He's out in the field. He's looking after the sheep. And Samuel says, we will not sit down till he arrives. Go and send for him. 
And out in the field, this young man, David, has learned to have a heart after God. He's a worshiper. He's learned to be courageous. He's learned to trust God. And God looks over the whole nation and he goes, I like that. I like that. I said, I, I, I'm going to promote that. I'm going to put that in front of the people because this is what I want to be the culture of the kingship here. And they call him and he's anointed to be king over Israel. But then he's sent back out into the field to carry on looking after the sheep. I mean, what a bizarre... What do you do when you come in for dinner after that's happened? Hey, guys. Well, that was interesting, wasn't it? Should we carry on as normal? Shall I clear the plate? Should you clear my plate now? I mean, you know, like, how, how do we function on the back of that? 22 and a half years later... We get to 2 Samuel chapter 5. And David has gone on an incredible journey of learning to move at the next level of his life. And this is what the Bible says in verse 1 of 2 Samuel 5. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We're your own flesh and blood. In the past, while, Samuel, while Saul forgive me, was king over us, and you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You'll, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old and he became king, and he reigned for 40 years. Now, let me just qualify this if you don't understand the Bible. Uh, David was part of one of 12 tribes. His tribe was Judah, and at the age of 30, they'd anointed him as king over his tribe. But seven and a half years later is this moment where all the other tribal leaders gather, and they say, we don't just want you to be king over your tribe. We want you to be king over all the tribes. It says, David was 30 years old and he became king. That is over Judah. And he reigned for 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, very precise. And in Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. That was the reign of David. The next few verses talk about how they capture Jerusalem, how they establish a palace there, how his family extends. But then in verse 17, it backs up to the moment where he's been anointed king over Israel. And it says this, verse 17, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. Verse 20, so David went to Baal Perazim and there he defeated them. He said, as waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal Perazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there and David and his men carried them off. Once more the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord and he answered, do not go straight up, but circle around behind them. Attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him. He struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Giza. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I can look back at some milestones in my life, some next step experiences. I remember you know, getting 
becoming a Christian at 17, and, and then I remember going off to university, and, and um, you know, it, it, was, it was an amazing experience for me. We, we had an incredible season, lots of people giving their lives to Jesus, lots of people getting saved. We saw amazing miracles. I remember praying for sick people. I didn't know then that sometimes you pray for people and they didn't get well. I, I just had heard that Jesus heals people. So, so we just kind of, it was, you know, we didn't really know a lot, I've got to be honest. And then I got asked to lead a discipleship course of new Christians. But I was like a new Christian myself. It was like the blind leading the blind. And I remember phoning up my pastor from home going, I've got like week two. What do I do now? What do I teach now? I had no idea really, but God was so gracious, but I had to step up. I remember coming back to to my home church after university and, and being asked very quickly if I would lead the 18 to 25's work in the church. I was 21 myself and I had to lead my peers. I remember having to step up. I'd... I'd been on a corridor in my hall of residence in my first year at uni and there was a guy across the corridor from me who had an acoustic guitar. He used to play Bob Dylan and, and he taught me a few chords and so I bought myself this old beat up guitar and I, and I learned a few chords and I got home and they said, like, you can lead worship. I knew GCD and that was it and then I, I, le- I progressed to an E minor but that could cover most songs. And, um, uh, but really I was absolutely terrible. I was thrown into the deep end. And you might think, you know, well, it's a church of 20 people. It wasn't. It's a church of about 1,500 people. It was utterly ridiculous. And, but I had to learn to grow. I had to learn at a new level. I remember getting a phone call and, and, and being, being told that there was a group of students. I was a student worker and there was a group of students. And, and they phoned me to say that one of their housemates uh, was, was manifesting with some spiritual issues. And she needed setting free, but they didn't know what to do. Would I come? And, and exercise the demon. I was like, quick, where's the manual on that? You know, like, who, like, I missed that seminar. I phoned Esther up. We were dating. I say, hey, babe, we, we've got a date. You're coming with me. Uh, we're we're, we're going to go and do something we've not done before, but by the grace of God. You know, and I, and I don't know about you, and maybe that hasn't quite been your life. Maybe the Lord's been kinder to you than to me. But I tell you, if your heart is to do something for God, he'll keep putting you in a new place. He'll keep looking to you to see how you're going to handle stretch, how you're going to handle pressure, whether you're going to trust him, whether you're going to pull back and go, no, send someone else. Or you say, Lord, I'm out there with you, but I know you can do all things and I'm going to trust you here. Because the Lord is interested. He found David with a heart beating after God. And this shepherd boy with no qualifications becomes king over a nation. He didn't go to Harvard. He wasn't born into royalty. He had a heart after God. Let me tell you, if you have a heart after God, the Lord will position you if you remain open to growing and open to stretching. This is what God does with his people. You know, I hope you're excited about the prospect of moving to the next level. And if you're not, let me challenge you today. I don't believe God wants you to stay where you are. I don't care. You might be 80 years old in this gathering today. Let the devil not tell you that your time's done. The most, prof- the most powerful, impactful prophetic word I ever received in my life was from an 80-year-old lady who was an intercessor and a prayer, heard God in a key moment of my life and spoke and rocked my world. And I stand on that word in ministry. Listen, I don't care where you're at. I don't care what your past has been to this day. I believe God wants you to move to the next level. Or we all say next level. 
Okay, so we've got to learn to move at the next level. You know, I encourage us to open our hearts in these moments to say, God, what do you want to do with me? Let me make a few points here. The first point I want to make today is inward next level precedes outward next level. You see, you might today be here and say, I would love to be promoted. I would love to be given more. I would love to be positioned more. We can go to the next level on the inside. We can determine next level growth on the inside. And let me tell you, the vast majority of times, before you move to the next level outwardly, something has happened inwardly. The Lord will come and challenge you to steward something, to react in a certain way, character, process, faith, prayerfulness, honor. Some, there are issues that are inward issues before he will exalt you outwardly. This is how God works. Inward next level precedes outward next level. In Proverbs chapter 18, 16, it says, The gift makes room for the giver. The gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. You know, I, if you rock up somewhere and say, I, I want to see the boss of this place, they'll probably say, well, sorry, they're busy. But if you rock up and go, hello, I'd love to see the boss, and I have brought a really splendid gift for them, would you see if they're available? They'll probably, the receptionist will go, excuse me a moment. Like, There's a weirdo in reception, but they say they've got a gift for you. And the boss will probably go, well, that's interesting. doesn't happen often. I'll, I'll come down. The gift makes room for the giver, the Bible says. But let me tell you, it is the same in terms of, of how we grow on the inside. Our growth on the inside is a gift to those around us. And it will make room for you. Your inward growth will make room for you externally. If you are waiting to be positioned for something greater than where you are, just keep growing on the inside. Maybe you look around people at work and you think, I'm better than they are. Let me tell you, just be faithful. Be reliable, be dependable, be honorable, be positive, be happy. Nobody wants to promote misery. Um, be industrious, be hardworking. If you get asked to do something, do it to the best of your ability. Apply excellence to everything you can. Let me tell you, it won't be long before you get positioned to the next level. But people that are in leadership are looking at the hearts of the people around them, at their reliability, at their dependability. Not at who they perceive themselves to be, but who they are behaving to be. A young guy came to me one time and, and said, I, I believe uh, I'm called to leadership. I said, hey, that's fantastic. Let's get started. We need to stack all the chairs and it'd be really cool if you could do this half of the room for me. He looked at me, he said, no, no you, you not understood what I said. I said, no, you not understood what I said. <laughs> like, I, I, listen, you know, sometimes we know there's something in us, but we got to go on an internal journey first. David went on an incredible internal journey. You know, he's anointed king over Israel, and then he's back in the field. You know, he has to learn at uh, the next level to, when no one's looking to deal with faith. He comes later to, to the king Saul and, and he says, I'm not afraid to face Goliath. This is where we were at the start of the meeting. I'm not afraid to go against a giant because actually when I was in private, I dismissed a lion and I dismissed a bear because God was my help. And as God has been with me there, he will be with me here. He learned in private before he was exalted in public. You know, after that, he's then sent back home again. 
you know, after Goliath. And then he's called into the king's service and there he's faithful. He doesn't say, I got anointed, your time's up, Saul. He honored, he served, he, he made himself available for service. He did the best that he could. He carried an anointing in the courts of King Saul to the point where King Saul got so enraged and so angry, he tried to kill him and David went on the run and twice the Lord delivered King Saul into David's very hands. And David's response was not to kill Saul, but to say, far be it from me to lift my hand against the Lord's anointed. The test of the heart. The Lord, I believe, was looking at an inward next level. Would David be honorable? If David could be honorable and faithful in the private place, he knew he could promote him in the public place. You know, this is how God works. And, you know, really, I want us to consider our own hearts. Have you got a willing spirit? Have you got a joyful disposition? Have you got a desire for excellence? And David is anointed as king over Judah. And the whole of Israel is watching. He who is faithful in little will be faithful with much, the Bible says. And David knew. This is is like 15 years after he's been anointed. He knows that he's destined to rule the nation. And Saul gets injured in battle. He's the king. And the Lord, 15 years earlier, has said, I've removed my anointing from him. But he's still alive and he gets injured in battle. And he says to to somebody near him, he said, look, run me through. And and he said, "I, I can't, you're the king. And Saul falls on his own sword and dies. And a messenger rushes to David to, to let him know, have you heard, have you heard? Saul's dead. I mean, he thinks this is good news because now it's your moment. David says, how? dare you put him put him to death you had no respect for the anointed of God and it says he mourned for Saul and in the course of time he inquired of the Lord said Lord should I go up to any of the towns he says yeah go up go up to Judah go up to Hebron and he was anointed king over Judah, but he waited until the Lord made room and then he waited till all the other tribes came some of us we can be hungry for next level promotion but the Lord is still at work preparing us. And the truth is we have no idea what next level responsibility feels like. We're hungry for position sometimes and yet we have no idea and and the Lord prepares us because he knows we need further preparation. The second thought I want to bring out of this is next level attracts opposition. Next level attracts opposition. I know this might not be the message you were hoping to hear today, but I want to prepare us. If we're going to be a next level people, if we're going to move up, let's not be caught off our guard. Let's not be caught by surprise when we move to the next level and we face next level opposition. Because often this is what happens. It says David was anointed king over Israel. When the Philistines heard about it, they went up against him in full force. Let's say full force. They went up against him in full force. A new level of opposition. You know, it might be that you move to another level and nothing's happened. Well, that's awesome. That's great. That's good. I'm not prophesying negativity to you. I just say, don't be caught off your guard. Let me also say, the Philistines didn't harm him, but they did oppose him. We don't need to be fearful. We don't be fearful of opposition, but neither let us be surprised by opposition. We put our heads above the parapet and think the devil's going to roll over and go, hey, that's fantastic. Moving to the next level. That's cool. Carry on. No, I don't think so. 
The Philistines were a type of the enemies of the people of God. And the Philistines, when they heard about it, when they heard about a next level anointing, they went up against him in full force. They didn't harm him, but they certainly opposed him. And sometimes this can happen. I was speaking to a church leader just this week. He said, last year was incredible. He said, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. He said, the Lord has spoken to us about moving into a new season. He said, in January, I stood up and I preached a visionary message. I declared to the people and I declared into the heavens what I believe God was saying to us to, to move to. And he said, it was as if all hell was unleashed. At the end of that message, a lady who'd been in the church for many years came and, 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 and put an envelope in, in his hand her and her husband were one of the wealthiest people in the church and he said honestly I thought it was a wad of money investing into the vision but he opened up it was a 12 page letter prophesying against his leadership prophesying the downfall of the church he said it was vile and, and they had leadership challenges they had all sorts of challenges to navigate why? because they had declared new level they declared new ground and an enemy tried to undermine it tried to oppose it did not succeed but they had to navigate some challenges and by the grace of God it's able to say we got to the end of the year and we were better and we were stronger and we grew through every challenge and God helped us and God came through for us but let me tell you it was not without opposition if you've ever moved to another level, I think you'll probably know what I'm talking about. You know, Ashley and Catherine, who are here on our welcome team, you know, they've, they've recently, one of their step-ups is they're, they're leading a discipleship course that we're piloting here that we're so excited about and lives are being transformed on that course. And I heard this week that, that you know, some horrendous situation around work and visas, completely unfair, completely unrealistic, has hit their world. I was like, it's 2 Samuel 5. So you step up and the enemy will do whatever he can. Sometimes he'll try and undermine our confidence. You know, he cannot rob you of your anointing, but your anointing will flow in the place of authority. And if, if the enemy can undermine your authority by robbing your confidence, he'll limit your anointing. That's why Hebrews chapter 10 says, do not throw away your confidence. Do not, let me say to you, let me say to some people here today, do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. The Bible says, for we are not of those who shrink back. Sometimes the enemy will come, there are, there are private thoughts, you, you feel you're not qualified, you're not called to do what the Lord's positioned you to do, you're, you have crisis of confidence going on, and you, you don't function well in that place when you're timid, when you're, you're struggling with your own confidence. You have to make a decision, you have to be resilient, not, not egotistical in your own ability, but understand that if God has positioned you to something, he's called you to function there and flourish there, and it's not to do with your qualifications or your credentials is to do with his appointment and you need to hold on to your confidence in that place and I can say that because I've had to learn to do that I've had to learn to be resilient there are times when the enemy will come after your confidence and wants to undermine your authority do not cast it away the, the Bible says we are not of those who shrink back I've had to position myself I will not shrink back I refuse to shrink back you know, honestly, I look back 25 years of being Christian, I think if I've done one thing well, it's that I've refused to shrink back. <laughs> I've just been resolute enough to say, God, by your grace and in your strength, 
by myself, I can do nothing. But in you, I can do all things and I'm going to stand. I will not shrink back. Different things going on. Some of you know Jordan and, and Shannon. Petrus, they're part of our church here. Shannon was in our first service. Jordan is the captain of Coventry Blaze, the, um, the, the ice hockey team here in Coventry. And they worship here uh, at CLM. And in January's magazine for Coventry Blaze, Jordan's on the front cover and the title it says, On a Mission. And, and he, he talks in the article about his passion to serve Jesus. He says, Jesus is everything for me. I'm, I'm building my life on Jesus. And it says they worship here at CLM. But I also know, talking to some others, that as he's put his head above the parapet, there has been severe opposition. There has been challenge. You move to the next level and sometimes opposition can come. Sometimes we can face challenges that we never thought we would face. So what do you do? Well, number three, next level life demands next level walk. What I mean by this is that we have to learn to navigate in God the next level. We have to learn to walk with God and in God. We have to learn to pray at another level. We have to learn how to walk with God. You know, I remember someone prophesying over me uh, some years ago and he said, God's going to appoint you to something you're going to feel so out of your depth. And he says, you will be like a toddler uh, standing on your dad's feet with God. He said, just hold on to God because actually, have you ever done that with a toddler? Remember when my kids were little? They'd stand on my feet and hold my hands and and I'd move my feet, they'd walk with me. I've been like that with God, just trying to hold on. We have to learn to walk at another level. We have to learn to walk with God and in God. The Bible says that David went down to the stronghold and inquired of the Lord. You know, sometimes we need to regroup. Sometimes, you know, we have to do our equivalent of going down to the stronghold. You know, David just went into hiding, but not to stay in hiding. He he rose up from that place, but sometimes we just need time to regroup. Something happens comes across us and we have to just take stock and regain a place of faith but then move forward and learn to press through in God. I can remember when we moved here to Coventry and uh, about four and a half years ago and the, the building, uh, the new facility here had just been built but there was some financial challenges. There was a 1.8 million pound loan on the building and, uh, and our finances, if we're honest, were, were not in a great shape. They weren't in great place. And I remember we'd moved for, it had been five weeks. And uh, what should have happened is the loan to build the building should have matured into a mortgage. But the bank were nervous as to our situation. And they refused to give us a mortgage. I, we'd moved five weeks earlier, had a meeting with the bank manager. And he said, you, you need to realize you could lose the building. I remember trying to process that. Trying to think, Lord, have you brought us here to wind up a building? To move the congregation out? To find a hut somewhere for us to start again in? To lead the elders weeping out of the new building? With half the people going, well, it's been a good journey at CLM, but I think the Lord's calling us to another church at this moment. And what happened was I, uh, the, someone once said, you know, you have to invite faith in, but fear will come and kick your door down. And in that moment, I got home and fear came and kicked my door down. And I had about 10 days where I was not doing good. Uh, in my mind's eye, there were some positive outcomes. I had some conversations in my imaginary dialogue with millionaires who wrote seven-figure checks. 
But I also had some bleaker thoughts. I remember uh, I would have like a cycle of sleep, three or four hours, and I'd wake up wide awake. And I start to feel stressed. And then I thought, well, if I'm stressed, I can't hear God. And if I can't hear God, I can't lead. And then I got stressed that I was stressed. I remember I phoned my spiritual father up. I said, well, we've got a challenge. And this is what's happened. And he just laughed at me. Well, laughed with me. But he said, Martin, he said, the Lord has his ways of getting us on our knees. It's going to be all right. And I remember 10 days after that, not that I hadn't prayed, but I stayed home on a Friday and I, I started to pray in a way I hadn't prayed before. I started to pray in the spirit. I started to speak in tongues. I started to go to war in, in the heavenlies. And a couple of hours, two or three hours in, something shifted. I, I can't say that heaven spoke. I can't say that I heard an audible voice, but something shifted in my spirit. And from that moment to this, I've never had a moment's doubt that we're going to be okay. Fear was replaced by faith. And I knew that God was with us. And I knew that he was going to deliver me. But I'd moved to a new level and I had to start to walk at a new level. You see, we trusted God for finance before, but not at that level. David had inquired of the Lord before, but not quite in that way. He'd been responsible for his own life. He'd been responsible for a, like a, a band of the distress, the Bible says, at the cave of Adullam. Uh, he'd been responsible for the tribe of Judah, but now he's responsible for the whole nation. He has to hear God for the nation. Not that he's never heard God before, but it's different. Not that we'd never trusted God for finance before, but I'd never trusted God for the best part of two million pounds. New level. But then you learn to move at a new level. You know, I, I want to say, fourthly, is that God brings the next level for breakthrough, not for defeat. Yeah. Let me say it again. God brings the next level for breakthrough, not for defeat. Yeah. It's worth an amen, actually. God brings the next level for breakthrough, not for defeat. Yeah. You know, this, this amazing story... You know, the Philistines went up in full force against him. It says, David went down to the stronghold, inquired of the Lord, but then the Lord brings him to Baal Perazim. A breakthrough. A breakthrough place. God goes and delivers him. It's an incredible victory. And David says, as waters burst forth, the Lord has burst forth for me. God has come through for me. God has delivered me. I don't know if you've ever seen like a, like a, a water hydrant bursting, gushing forth. You, you can't put the lid on it. You can't hold it down. You have to go and phone an expert to turn the tap off. I remember bursting a pipe at home and thinking I could hold it. It's ridiculous. It's just spurting out at the side. You can't put your thumb over a, a bursting forth of water. David says, in that way, God has broken out for me. You know, God brings us to a place of next level for breakthrough, not for defeat. And I don't know what you're facing. Maybe you've stepped up in your world. Maybe you have made a decision this year you're going to step up. But you're facing a bit of opposition. Maybe you, you're in a crisis of your own confidence or some external factors have come. And let me prophesy to you today. God has not brought you to this place for defeat. He's brought you here for breakthrough. Yeah. We have to learn to walk at the next level in order to see the breakthrough. We also have to learn that although God comes through for us and brings the victory and the battle belongs to him, we also have to go and fight our enemies. You know, David had to put his armor on and go out and actually fight these guys. He didn't walk out of the stronghold and find them all dead. 
No, so we have to do what we have to do. We maybe have to engage in prayer or fill in a form or apply for something or do whatever we need to do, to navigate the opposition, have some difficult meetings or difficult conversations, but knowing all the time that the Lord is with you, that the Lord is for you. You've still got to walk through it, but understand that God will go before you. Like the bursting forth of waters, God can break out. God can give you a barparazim. God can give you a breakout in your situation. God can deliver you in a way you've never experienced before. He's not brought you to this level for you to step down. He's brought you to this level to experience breakthrough at a new level. And David experienced an incredible victory. God came through for him in a spectacular way. You know, for us, I I had my internal moment of victory over the finances on this building. But then, you know, it took us two years to get a mortgage on this place. But God came through for us. You know, our account manager at the bank, I'm not saying the Lord struck him down, but he had a mystery illness for over 12 months and nobody looked at our file. While we had chance just to regroup, we had chance to get our finances together. We just trundled along on interest only. They were too busy to check in on us. People like Rahab was just upholding it in prayer. The file was closed until she stopped praying. And then they went, what? What are these guys doing? What is this file? And the time had come to get a mortgage. You know, the finances have been geared for our conferencing, uh, our trading subsidiary. But two years on as a church, we're able to buy the building off our own trading subsidiary and press on to the next level. God didn't bring us here for defeat. He brought us here for breakthrough, but it's no different in your own life and your own world. I don't know what you're going through, but you've got to let your faith rise and trust God and push through and not throw away your confidence. And the final thought for us this morning is this next level is for the next next level. I'm not going to do a rap. (laughs) This next level is for the next next level. Someone could wrap that, but it's not me. This next level is for the next, next level. You know, where, where God has brought you to today, sometimes where God's brought you to today, it can feel like you're so far out of your depth. It can feel like you're, you're, you're so far being stretched that you don't ever want to go any further. But let me tell you what will happen as you learn to walk at this level, you trust God at this level. This level will become the norm very quickly and it will become the platform for the next level. You know, for David, what happened, if you read on, is he brings the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem. The presence of God is central again. They establish worship. He extends the territory. The kingdom is established. The ways of God are put in place for Israel. Preparations for the temple are put there for Solomon. And the high era of the kingdom of Israel is established under David's leadership. But first of all, he had to resist the Philistines at the Valley of Rephaim. You know, whatever you're going through right now in your season, God is looking at what's beyond. But this is why I encourage us to rise up in this season. That's why I encourage us to step up in this season. I don't know if Tam's in here, just looking for a good common. Thank you. Just help me as I come into land. You know, I believe that God has got so much more for us as a local church and God has got so much more for you. All we got to do is rise up into what's here. You know, we look back at at even the last few years and how far God has brought us. And every time there's been a season of challenge, but we just had to rise up into that. You know, this time last year, we had one morning service. You know, we were preparing to go to double. Some of you will remember that. You know, we had about 630 people coming on a Sunday morning. Last couple of weeks, we had just under 900 people coming. 
in 12 months. It's, let me say, it's never been about the numbers. It's about bringing the kingdom of God. But I believe as we focus to be a people passionate for Him, seeking to bring the kingdom in our city, working in partnership with other churches in the city to bring the kingdom, God will also bring increase. But you know, our today is small compared to our tomorrow. And the same is true for your life. He might have brought you to a certain place. You have no idea what God has got for you beyond today. You've just got to rise up into today. Be fully who God is calling you to be today. Deal with the battles and the challenges of today. You know, there are some things that we can see. There are some things that are in our hearts and there are plenty of things that we can't yet see. You know, at the start of the year, I, I received an email from the Message Trust in Manchester with a short video about a vision that they've got to, to bring the, the biggest mission to young people in a generation. Going into schools with dance teams and rappers and, uh, and, and bands and, and preachers and then putting on an incredible event and seeing thousands and thousands of teenagers hear the gospel of Jesus and respond. And I saw this video and it, it stirred me. And you've got to understand, we get so much stuff come across our desk. Fantastic mission organizations and things to engage with. And you just can't do it all. But I, I felt as I saw this, the breath of God was on it. And the Holy Spirit was provoking me to engage with it. And so I went over to Birmingham and I, I went to a meeting. Uh, Jonathan and I, we went on the train and, uh, and we got into this, uh, this gathering in Birmingham. That morning, Andy Hawthorne, who founded the Message Trust 25 years ago, and Carl Beach, who's heading up the mission, they'd been praying about Coventry. Partly because Carl, as a student 20 years ago, had been a student at Coventry University. And in his hall of residence, had looked over the city and had a vision of lights coming on all over the city. And he, he knew that it hadn't yet come to pass, but God wanted to do something. And we arrived, we got highway from Coventry. And suddenly there's a partnership, there's a connection. The breath of God's in it. Andy starts sharing the vision. I start weeping. Like, I, I, like, I've got glass eyes. You know, I don't, I don't weep a lot. I've not seriously got glass eyes. I'm just, you know, some people weep a lot. I don't, I, I'm not a weepy person. But I got moved, I start weeping. Because God, and I know this time next year in the spring, thousands of young people in our city are going to hear the gospel in a relevant way to them. Hundreds of people are going to find Jesus. At Christmas, I didn't even know about it. I didn't even see it. But God says, will you come to the next level? Because you can't even see what's beyond. And I don't know, for your life, you can't even see what's beyond. You just got to rise up in the now. You got to respond in the now. You got to respond to the call of God in the now. You've got to rise up in a moment, refuse to shrink back when you face opposition. When you face a full force opposition that sometimes can come against us. Say, I refuse to shrink back. I know that God's going to bring you a breakthrough. If this is a relevant word for you, if, if you know that you're in a next level season, I'm going to invite you to stand right now. We're going to call on God. I know there are people in the, in the room and God has been provoking you and stirring you. You know that there are, this is a key season in your life. I look back, there have been key seasons in my life where God challenged me to step up to another level. You've heard me say before, the spiritual walk, it's not a gentle incline. It's like rises and treads, rises and treads like a staircase. And I sense in the spirit, we are in a season of the, of the rise and not the tread. God is, is calling us up, calling us up, not just as a, as a corporate entity, but as individuals, calling us up to another level that we might start to function at another level before the next level. If you know how to pray, lift your voice in this place. 
If you know how to speak in tongues, lift your voice in this place. Some of you are going to experience a breakthrough. Some of you, you've, you've been tempted to shrink back. Some of you in this season, you, you've been tempted to shrink back and pull back. You felt opposition, you felt intimidated. Let me tell you, the enemy might be intimidating, but you don't have to be intimidated. It's an internal decision. You make a decision to rise up. Make a decision to be the woman of God and the man of God that He's calling you to be. That you are not of those that shrink back. If you're standing, I'm going to invite you to raise your hands with me and begin to lift your voice in prayer. I wonder if the band can come and join us. God Almighty, we call on your name in this day. We pray, God, you would help us to rise to the next level. We pray you would deliver us from every opponent. You would give us a thousand barbarisms. You would give us breakthrough after breakthrough. And we would learn to live and function and walk at a new level. God, you would help us to step into, just step into what God has got for us. Lord, will you help us what you have got for us, I pray. Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we call on you. We pray, God, help us to step up to the next level. Help us to rise up. Every timid person, every new Christian, every mature Christian. God Almighty, God Almighty, why don't we give the Lord some praise in this place. We bless your name, God.